0: All right. Well, Happy New Year. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like the year is just now starting? It's January 21st. And just, uh, I slept like a baby yesterday. I slept, I didn't get out of bed. I think I actually overslept. I didn't get out of bed till like 9.30 uh, this morning. I'm normally up by like 7.30. Um, actually, I woke up at like 7 and looked at my phone and I was like nah, I'm going back to sleep and I slept so soundly, so peacefully. And it seems like that's, you know, uh, the same sort of sentiment that that's being shared all around. Um I noticed um amongst friends, family members on social media for the most part, unless you are um I guess a Trump supporter for some reason still um, then yeah, it kind of sucks for you. Or if you're a member of QAnon, sorry, um, sucks. Uh, I I I want to say empathize. Um, I, I don't know what it's like to worship somebody so intensely. That especially a politician so intensely that your identity is like super tied into their failures and or successes um i saw a video on twitter of this lady that was crying um uh, after you know about the inauguration i'm guessing i don't know I, i didn't really listen to what she was saying but one of my friends was like she was using um was telling me rather one of my friends was telling me that she was using trump and god interchangeably and i was just like wow that's Scary is the word that comes to mind. Sad is another word that comes to mind. Um, terrifying is a word. Um, but she like legit had a full blown meltdown. Um, and and that's unfortunate. Um, and I guess there's a temptation for some to look at her situation and be like, okay, well, turnabout's f- fair play. For the last four years, we were taunted with you know these you know this sec- sort of echoing chant of. F your feelings, and, you know, I drink liberal tears. And so people are sort of seeing her anguish, and there's this this desire to retaliate in a way. And uh, my friend who asked me about the video asked me what I thought about it, and I was like, you know, (sighs) what's the expression? An eye for an eye leaves the world blind? It's just... I'm exhausted now. (laughs) All I wanted, and I think I said this a few episodes, you know, ago, um, definitely leading up to the election in November last year, was all I wanted was for Trump to be gone so I can go back to not giving a shit about politics ever um, again. Um, And mission accomplished. I, I feel like I've done my part. I did my part. Um... You know, and uh, voted, encouraging my friends to vote, talking about it on the podcast, all of that. I feel like I've done my part. And um, so I'm I'm actually looking forward to um, going back to not giving a fuck about what's happening. (laughs) Um, I know that sounds horrible, but it's like, come on, guys, it's politics. Politics is a very seedy, sketchy environment. It's not, it's never been you know, clean. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's that saying, when you wrestle with a pig, you'll both get dirty, but the pig will enjoy it. And sure enough, you know, you're seeing this wishy-washiness from Lindsey Graham saying one thing last week, now he's saying something else. Mitch McConnell saying one thing literally yesterday, and now today he's saying something else. It, it's not going it, to, it doesn't end, you know? And if you don't pause and reexamine, you know, reexamine where you are, you'll get sucked in, and and it's this just never ending sort of cesspool of, you know, criticism, um, emotional violence, negativity. Um, it's not going to stop because there's always going to be something, and there's always going to be people to criticize, and there's always going to be a policy that you don't agree with, and there's, and do you really want to? put that in, in your soul, consume that and be consumed by that every day, every day, you know, for another four years, for another eight years, till you die, however you want to look at it. And I, and I, I don't, I, I've had my fill. I, I can have a quick flashback and I've recorded it on the podcast as well of people that I've, you know, that I care about, that I have argued with or you know, yelled at or called names because you know, for whatever reason, at least leading up to the election and then after the fact, the insurrection, um, it just we're we're still kind of supporting and or defending Trump, and it's just that's not the version of myself that I see myself developing into. You know, I don't want to be that person. I'm not happy in that state. I don't know anybody who is. Um, And just for purely like (laughs) aesthetic reasons, I look at politicians who've been in politics for a long time, and they're not aging well, they don't seem happy. Um, It's just, uh, I'm good. Um, and, And I hope I didn't, you know, I'm not trying to be offensive, I'm not attempting, this is not my attempt at virtue signaling, people are gonna do what they're gonna do. Um, And I understand why they are doing that because to a certain point, it's like, what else is there to do? You know, you sort of feel powerless and then you have social media. And a lot of the times, you know, when you do engage and you you communicate with other people who also feel the same way, it feels good. Um, And it becomes addictive. And people complain about, oh, you're just setting up like echo chambers and you're just talking to people who think just like you. So the fuck, what? (laughs) Like, yeah, I enjoy talking to people that agree with me. I don't know what is necessarily bad about echo chambers. I mean, that's kind of how friendships are built, right? Like if I meet somebody that I didn't know before and then we just start agreeing on like, you know our favorite movies and favorite foods and where we like to travel, you know, and we're going back and forth and we're kind of aligned and saying the same thing, you could argue that, okay, that's a quote unquote echo chamber, but it feels good to find somebody, to find people that, you know, you can establish this sort of rapport with and agree, you know, with. And like I said in the previous episodes, you know, people have built communities around that. Unfortunately, a lot of these communities tend to now be centered around hate <laughs> um, and a bit of delusion. But it, you know, it's it speaks to the human need for a tribe. Um, so this is not my attempt to criticize anybody at all. Um, that's not even the purpose of this podcast, really. Um, it's just to say personally, um, I, I just yeah, it's time to move on for me. Um, hopefully, I feel like every time I say this and something fucked up happens, and then I have to be like, "Oh no!" Um, I hope not. I hope that you know. I, I'm very. I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna say because I don't want to jinx anything. But I just you know I'm ready to move on. Um, and if you are, if you, if the thought has crossed your mind and you kind of wondered, you know what is this a good use of my time? Um, you know, going on social media and just being just negative all the time and criticizing and you know all of that every day for hours on end um, I you know find some sort of solace in the fact that you 're not alone in questioning if this is what you want to do with your life and with your time um, because i 'm with you uh, there um, it's just it 's not enjoyable for me anymore i don 't like the way I feel when I do do it. Um, And there's just more important things. There's just other things in this world, in this big, interesting, beautiful world that, you know, I can focus my time, energy, and effort into trying to figure out or decipher or even connect with people um, on some level. So that's my take on all of that. But I am glad and I'm happy that, you know, things went swimmingly. Um, I saw you know, articles from all over the world of people saying, welcome back America. Um, you know, I just, it, it does, it's a, you just feel this immense sense of relief and I am grateful for that. And so for all of you who are listening, who also, you know, did your part, you know, as a as a citizen of this country or a resident of this country and you went out and either voted or encouraged people to vote or just, you know, were on social media and you took that, you know, into yourself, you took the negativity into yourself. Um, but it was obviously for a greater good, what we thought was a greater good, you know, to just vote this guy out. I commend you. Um, and you know, to say we did it, we did it. Um, and that, that means something, but all I'm saying is, you know, you don't have to wallow in that. Um, it's like, it's like a battle, um, not to be too dramatic, but I did have like the visual analogy of like, you know, person going off to war, a soldier going off to war and you fought for how many, however many years. Now it's like kind of peacetime you know, coming back and not knowing what, okay, what are you gonna do next? Because your mind has been so entrenched in you know, battle and warfare. You don't have to continue it though, you can let it go. And a lot of the soldiers who were able to come back and adapt you know, to everyday life did so by letting go of the past and looking, you know, being involved in the present and then looking towards a more constructive and beautiful future. Um, and that's more important to me. Um, What do I want the future to be? I touched on it a little bit on the previous episode, um, and that's been something that has been on my mind. Um, There's a couple of books that I started reading uh, today. One of them um, is or was titled uh, Limitless Mind by Russell Targ. I finished that, um, and then I started Psychic Literacy by Ingo Swann. Um, in, in both of those books, they touch upon um, the concept of time, uh, and more specifically, um, quantum entanglement and, and non-local um, communications. And they say, like, you know, you know, Einstein says that time is relative or time is an illusion. Well, basically, they take it a step further. If time is an illusion, so is space. So you can you know, distance is an illusion, right? You can communicate with other minds, um, I guess, psychically, um, <laughs> non-locally. And, and what these two books did was document, um, you know, circumstances, situations in which this very thing, you know, had occurred. And uh, the first book, uh, Limitless Mind, actually gave you exercise in which you can practice things like remote um I forget what it's called like remote something or another remote viewing um and then you know even being able to sort of uh conscious intuition for lack of a better words so I thought that was pretty interesting um and the arguments in these in these books are phrased in a way that it's like you know you don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to just take it in and say okay I believe everything that they're saying but you know there is some credibility to a lot of what they're saying you know and I i I feel like we have been in the west conditioned to view reality in this one particular way and I I think it's boring um especially when there's so many psychic events that occur you know where if it's you know whether it's people having close encounters of you know UFO sightings you know that's what is termed is is, is what is termed quote, supernatural. Does it really supernatural or is it natural? I mean, it seems like it's something that has always been reported. So it seems like these kind of phenomena um, are actually part of our everyday existence. Um, why, Why is it called or why is it considered to be supernatural when... I forget how many millions of people um the writer Ingo Swan of psychic literally her uh, liter, psychic literacy the book the second book that I I started reading um today uh, talk, talked about but he said it was like 20 million people or whatever um have reported psychic um phenomena in their daily life whether it's seeing things that you know kind of disappeared whether it's you know interacting with loved ones um, that have passed on, whether it's prophetic dreams, um, these things happen. These things are happening to people, um, and whether or not the you know mainstream scientists uh, consider it to be quote scientific or not, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like reality is not the way we want it to to be. Reality <laughs> doesn't care what we think, you know it should be. It is what it is. And so when I hear stories or read books or I interact with people who tell me interesting stories that kind of question the status quo as far as our perception of reality is concerned, I'm always uh, fascinated to hear people's stories because um, anything that makes me sort of, that builds a different construct of our our present perception of reality is just fascinating to me. Um, I had a friend of mine who told me a story about a couple of prophetic dreams that they had. Um, uh, basically, they had a dream where they were like American, they were like an American soldier that had infiltrated the Nazi, like a Nazi camp. Um, I'm paraphrasing off my memory, so it might not be quite precise, but, um, and then he, you know, get got to this officer, the officer asked for his ID and then, He didn't have his ID, but the officer let him go anyway. And then he woke up, but he wrote the dream down. And then two weeks or two months later, he basically had the same exact experience in the sense of he was entering into a building, obviously not a Nazi camp, right? But everything else was there, right? Entering into a building, you know, meeting up with an officer, officer asking for his ID, him not having an ID, and then him being let through and then, you know, ending up in this like open field. So he dreamt about it, you know, two months or two years prior to the fact, however long I don't remember, and then had the experience. And he was like, you know, most people I talk to about that, they think that it's crazy or whatever you want to, whatever label you want to put on it. Um, but I don't think so. I don't think the time is linear. And I'm like, I don't know if you read a lot about, you know, what modern physicists are talking about, but just that's the prevailing ideology amongst a very small percentage of physicists, but they know their stuff. They know what they're talking about. The general public has a perception of what reality is supposed to, of how reality is supposed to function, but that perception isn't true. And in fact, it has been uh, proven otherwise by specialists in the field of uh, physics. And so they say that, you know, time is not linear, um, all of time is happening at once. Um, And then in one of the books that I mentioned, I believe it was Limitless Limitless Mind. um, It talked about like, I forget what terminology they use, but it was like preemptive dreams or whatever it is. But because of the way your dreams work, right? So I can, let me say like today, let's say I went to the ice cream store, do they have ice cream store? I went to the ice cream store. I got a scoop of vanilla ice cream. I ate it. Then I watched Star Trek and um, relaxed. And then I painted. And that was my day, right? And then when I go to sleep, my brain what what it does in dreams, right, is construct a narrative from all the visual input that it has uh, seen throughout the day, and it creates a story. That's how the brain works, right? Um, and the fact of the matter is like, it's not going to re, you know, recreate the day that I had, but it might put me in, let's say in a parallel universe where I'm a guy and I'm being chased by ice cream and and then my painting comes to life. Right. But it's all these sort of aspects of a day that I had already experienced created, you know, uh, blended together to create a different narrative. But most people assume that the dreams that you're having, you know, are nonsense. Um, Or that they only deal with either your past or your present. But you have the same brain through time. So let's just say all of time is happening at at once, which I've talked about this, you know, several times. But all of time is happening at once. It means that the brain that you had in the past is the brain that you have now is the brain that you have in the future. Not will have. Okay? You already have in the future because your future is existing right now. If that's the case, then your future self can is capable of communicating with you. These are facts. Also, it is possible for you to have one of those narrative dreams that are const- that are a construct of your future experience. So you might wake up today and have, you know, some sort of crazy dream that seems crazy, um, and, and the narrative is insane, but if you write it down the reason why you tend to have deja vu, um, and that feeling of I've either experienced this before or I've dreamt it before, it's kind of a combination of both, except it's not you dreamt it before, you experienced it before. You've already experienced everything because everything you're going to experience, you've already experienced. So I'm gonna say that again. It's not a matter of, okay, um i feel like i've seen this before i feel like i've experienced this before you've ha- you have already experienced it because all of your experiences are contained within the brain like a hologram right so or a video game like or a cd rom so if it skips right it's it's all still contained in that field and that's how your brain works so it is possible for you to dream of your future or for your brain to construct a narrative dream of a future experience. I'll say that again, it is possible for your brain to construct a narrative dra- a narrative dream of um, something that you will experience in the future. I think that if you get in the habit of writing your dreams out, you'll start noticing little things like for example um there's one time one night i remember i i I need to get back in the habit of writing my dreams i i'm telling you guys to do it and i don't but i did for a while and then i stopped um but i'm gonna do it again but there was one night that i had a dream that like my cousin um his roommate uh had like a, a girlfriend that was like asian or something like that and then we all were gonna go play soccer, but the girlfriend like, wanted to like hang out at the apartment instead. I never met his roommate before, um, that was just my dream. And then there was like this blonde lady in the dream who looked like somebody I, had a, I, I knew in the waking life and she was like talking to me. And, um, but I, never, I haven't talked to that particular blonde lady that showed up in my dream in like a long time. And so I woke up and I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I talked to my cousin just randomly, like, he texted me, and then we were talking, and I was like, yeah, the weirdest dream, like, your roommate, apparently, who loves, like, loved baseball, and then he, like, was dating this Asian girl, and then um, he was, like, my cousin was like, wait, what? How did you even know that, like, he is dating uh, an Asian girl, and my roommate loves baseball, like, he's obsessed, like, he's got season tickets to the Padres or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Cause I just dreamt about that. Like, you know, the night before. So it was like something like that happened. And then the blonde lady that was in my dream happened to be, you know, a person I hadn't spoken to like in a while. She texted me, um, that same day when I woke up and I was like, that's so weird. Um, but stuff like that happens all the time. And I guess I can talk about it. So like, nonchalantly because it's become such a, a status quo of my life now, like it's just become normative. Um but um I mean it is normative. I think the the more conscious you make yourself, you know well just the more conscious you make yourself and the more consciously you live, the more you're gonna start picking up a lot of what's called synchronistic events, a lot of synchronicities. Um, I, now this, the weird thing that happens to me is like, I'll be thinking something and then somebody will say it, you know, exactly what I'm thinking will be echoed like in a podcast, right? Or in a in an audio book I happen to be listening to or one of the characters will say it on the TV show. And it's it's happening so often now that it's just like, I, I don't know what to make of it, it's super weird. I, when it happens, I just like, go, okay, that's, that's what's happening. And I just like keep it moving, but that's become normative, you know, or I'll think something, um, and then it'll like, it'll happen. Um, and it's, you have to take my word for it. Um, I'm not obviously doing anything with it because I'm, I, I'm not actively controlling it. I'm just noticing that the more I work on being conscious and still, the more I'm starting to experience a lot of these sort of, quote Abnormal, but actually normal, super normal, whatever you want to call it um, experiences, and I'm just like learning to go with it, and learning to listen um, and all of a sudden, like everybody becomes like a messenger, and everybody becomes a teacher, and you become even much more um, i guess interested in what people have to say because sometimes. Like I'll sit and I'll have a conversation with somebody or they're talking to me and they will say exactly what I, I ha- like I, I might be dealing with something difficult that I haven't expressed to anybody. And then like, like this just happened to me actually on Wednesday. Um, I was like dealing with something in my mind um, and I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. And then my housekeeper, she like, yes, I was dealing with something in my mind on Tuesday and Monday. And then my housekeeper on Wednesday, like she showed up for work and we started talking. And then all of a sudden she just started telling me about one of her clients who essentially went through something that I was sort of contemplating and how it worked out for her and I was just like, "Holy shit." Like what the fuck it was like and then it just like things just got super normal and super intense and i was just like okay i get the message like a bit on the fucking nose right but but she and she was talking to me i didn't express to her like oh my gosh like i was really wondering about this you know situation i i didn't express to her at all but in my mind, I was like, that's so crazy. Like the fact that she's talking to me about this exact same thing that I was like worried about. That's, but she's telling me about what somebody else who experienced the same thing, you know, was going through. I was just like, this is wild. Like, so everybody becomes a messenger for, for you know, for the universe. And everybody becomes, it's like everybody becomes one. I don't know. I, I don't know how else to, to say it, you know. It's just everybody becomes some sort of vessel or... You just, or you just maybe just realize how much intertwined everything is and I know the Buddhists have been saying this, and I know even you know physicists when they talk about you know in quantum entanglement they're they're saying it, but the more you live, the more consciously you live, the more prevalent these experiences become, and then it makes you even more conscious, and now all of a sudden, like I catch myself like I don't even want to talk to people. I want to listen to what they have to say because all of a sudden everybody sort of becomes this messenger that you can, you know, learn from or whatever. And, and life just becomes even that much more, um, vibrant and alive. And, you know, like yesterday I was like sort of aesthetic, right. Um, because of obviously everything that happened. And then today, because I had peaked, right? And I mentioned this on my, I think the follow-up of my mushroom, mushroom magic mushroom trip episode. <laughs> that one seems to be the favorite. Uh, <laughs> everybody loves that episode, I don't know why. Um, but I talked about how when you peak, right? Emotionally, you um, experience, you have a peak emotional experience, be mindful that what goes up has to come down. And sure enough, like I, I woke up today And I just felt like, oh, like just down. I had no reason to feel down. It was just as sunny yesterday as it was today. Um, Everything was fine, but because I've been working on being more conscious and more mindful, I was able to watch my body react physiologically to essentially the come down of the high, the emotional high that I felt from being, you know, the, the just feeling ecstatic that Trump was finally gone. And then when I uh, watched that, it stopped me from reacting, right? And then it made me super aware of how I was feeling, and then allowed it allowed me to be able to articulate how I felt, right? Because all of a sudden it wasn't just I didn't just I wasn't the emotion, which that was what it was. It would have been in the past, right? You're when you feel angry, you become angry. All right. I'll say that again. When you feel an emotion, we tend, especially if you're if you're not living consciously, when you feel something, you tend to become the emotion that you feel, right? Um, because you're not you're not you don't observe that feeling consciously, right? And um, because of my mindfulness exercises and and just watching and just all the reading and everything that I've been doing, when I started feeling this sadness, I didn't allow the sadness to become me. I didn't become the sadness. I didn't, you know, embody the sadness. I watched it. And then I applied sort of a rational, conscious thought to it, logic thought to it, logical thought to it. Well, okay, you were feeling kind of high yesterday. Um, So this is the, you know, this is the, what's the word? Um, What is it? What is that word? when? Uh, after you drink, you, next day, you, whatever, you know what I mean now. However, <laughs> oh, this is the hangover. Yeah. This is the hangover from the emotional high from yesterday. And so when I was able to kind of watch that and feel that I was like, okay, go. Cool. I know what's going on. And the moment I was like, I know what's going on. Um, and then I allowed it to just be, and then I observed it, it kind of just dissipated it just, it disappeared. And I was like, that's interesting. Oh my God. Um, it was it's not quite as simple as I'm explaining it to you because it was very i mean I was in it, you know, and um it was a lot happening um but I just remember sitting and just watching how i how that felt, and then kind of shining a light on it and going, okay all right that doesn't it doesn't feel pleasant. I wonder what's driving that um oh, okay, that was from yesterday, okay, so I was feeling elated, you know earlier you know, this week. And this is the the downside of that. And, you know, this is the system, essentially my my, my body system trying to balance itself out. And so eventually I'll come back to sort of moderate and then I'll be, you know, tempered and, you know, just talking through things, you know, and it's, you know, it's a habit, but if you're conscious of a habit, it no longer controls you, uh, so to speak. Everything is a type of addiction, isn't it? Um, so, so yeah, but whew, this world, man, <laughs> Like this world is wild. Now the, the, it's funny as like, as I'm wrapping up and trying to get to the, what I really wanted to record, um, was was something that came to my mind. Um, in Biden's inaugural speech, he said, um, you know, we, we need to root out, the, the disease, the disease of white supremacy. Um, it's not good, obviously. Of course it's not good. <laughs> like, yeah, like look at everything that has happened, you know, the last four or five years because of the hate, you know, and people's inability to see other people as equal. After he said that, uh, people like Rand Paul and, um, Carl Rowe went on Fox News. um, complaining that they felt personally attacked. Now he didn't mention them by name. He just said, you know, we're going to root out white supremacists. And somehow they took that personally, (laughs) which to me, like if you're a regular everyday, everyday person and somebody says, yo, you know what? We need to root out, you know, systemic white supremacy because of, you know, gestures, gestures, (laughs) gestures broadly at everything that has happened. Um you would be like yeah no that makes sense like white supremacy is bad but if you watch that and somehow that personally offended you 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 got to kind of ask yourself why did that personally offend you unless you fall under the category of white supremacists and maybe they do clearly they do because yes they do um okay ultimately what it comes down to, and I'm only using politics as an analogy and a lead up to what I'm actually trying to say. When I saw that, I looked at that and I didn't have an emotional reaction. It didn't make me upset. It didn't make me angry. I was just like, interesting. And then the thought came to me about blood cells in the body. Okay. You have your, your human body is comprised of various cells. Um, In your blood, we have the white blood cells and you have the red blood cells, right? So these are two, you know, cells that perform different functions um, and your white blood cells are obviously white <laughs> and then your red blood cells are red. And they make your blood. Now, now, imagine if in your body, your white blood cells decided that because the red blood cells do not perform the same Specific functions that the white blood cells perform, they are somehow red blood cells are somehow inferior to the white blood cells and should be you know attacked, eradicated, destroyed, right It's actually a syndrome, it's actually a disease. It's an autoimmune disorder um, wherein your uh, your white blood cells attack the red blood cells. Um, I forget what the syndrome is, um, but it's, it's a disease. Um, it's a disorder and a disease, and it's crippling. And I thought about that. I said, you know, we recognize, especially in medicine, that if in a body, one particular cell decides either, I'm just going to grow exponentially without any regard to, you know, all the other cells around me right? That's a cancer. That's a tumor. It destroys the entire body if it's allowed to continue to proliferate unchecked. That's disease, right? We know that, okay? And then we know that if a white blood cell decides to attack a red blood cell, that's also disease, right? And it can be debilitating. It can have serious effects on the, on the person, on the body. Okay. The, the, the earth, this planet, is not a dead thing. It's not a rock. It's a living it's a living thing. It's a living entity. It's a being. Earth is. You know, it has been embodied throughout different cultures, Mother Earth, you know, Gaia, whatever, but it's not a rock. It's not a dead thing. It's not Mars or, you know, Jupiter or whatever. It it's and and you could even argue that those planets might be alive in their own way. But this is a living planet, okay? Um I have never felt the spirit of this planet as strongly as I did when I went to the Big Island and we went to like where the volcanoes had formed like the the new uh with the like the older eruptions you touch the earth and it you feel something. You know, if you take your feet, take your shoes off and you plant your feet on the ground, not on pavement but on earth, you feel something. I felt and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to sound like a hippie, and I don't know if I you know, need to paraphrase myself, but you feel the spirit of Earth. You know, This planet is not a dead thing. It's not a dead entity, okay? It is a, it's, a, it's a conscious entity. It's a body. We call it the heavenly body, right? And each and every one of us serves a specific purpose, just like each and every ethnic group has its specific function, just like the blood cells in your body, the white blood cells and the red blood cells, they all serve specific functions and they all bring something to the table, and they have to work together for your body to remain healthy okay if you you know eradicate you know all of your white blood cells that's disease if you you know if you're if you eradicate all your blood, red red blood cells that's disease right for for your body to be healthy. There has to be a system of homeostasis maintained at all times, okay? That's just for your physical body that you live in. Now, take that and extrapolate it to the macro, okay? And let's, let's, let's apply that mentality to the human race, okay? So there, there are some white blood cells, white people, some, who feel that their function on this body of Earth is superior to all the other cells or selves that are are of different colors, okay? And as a result, they have sought to dominate them, right? We've seen that through history. It's one ethnic group, one racial group attempting to dominate another. And it's not, this is not, you know, something that's unique to uh, Europeans like we've seen this through history there on my episode that I did called white slavery I kind of catalogued everything um you know the, the you know the the Slavs the, the word even slave comes from the Slavic people who were enslaved by um, basically everybody um, and then you have the anglos and the Saxons they were enslaved by the by the Romans and then the Greeks were uh, were enslaved by by the Romans and then the Egyptians you know enslaved Um, well they say that there's no evidence uh there's no archaeological evidence of uh, the enslavements of the jews or jewish people that's spoken of in the bible but ultimately had the moors that enslaved the, the spaniards this but this has been just one ethnic group dominating another and we can look back through history and see you know what that's That's disease. We have when we do that when behave when we behave in that way collectively, one cell or one group of cells, right or selves, right. You can use that interchangeably. Attacking others that causes sickness, disease, right, suffering, pain, and it weakens the the body, earth, right. Um, We have to look at that and learn from that, right. We have to look at history and say, you know how was this beneficial you know and we look at our present time and say look at what that ideology is doing it is dangerous we are attacking ourselves so if you look even on at, at the at just the country you know the united states right what we have we experienced the last few you know years has been a sort of an autoimmune disorder of different cells attacking each other. So you have blacks attacking whites, um I'm sorry, you have whites attacking black, you have, you know uh, blacks like attacking whites, you have um and not necessarily physically, I mean like verbally, critically, whatever. Um you have, you know, fascists versus anti you know, anti fa, anti fascists, which I mean obviously that's that's necessary. <laughs> um but you have Republicans versus Democrats, you have you know this versus that, you know even Republicans versus Trump supporters. All of this infighting is similar to your body cells attacking themselves. And that is a sign of disease, All right? So if we can look at that situation in your body where if one group of cells decides to attack another group of cells, that would be considered disease, right? And you'd wanna treat that then we have to take that same mindset and apply it to our country and apply it to this world and say, listen, we are engaging in behavior that constitutes disease, and this needs to stop. You know, no body, no ethnic group, just like your cells in your body, like this is very elementary, okay? Um, There's no one cell that's superior to the other. They all serve the function its own function right so your white blood cells do their part your skin cells do their part right your red blood cells do their part you know the cells of your organs they all have their roles to play and one isn't your brain cells (laughs) you know um you can say oh okay well you could be a brain cell and be like well i'm the brain you know but you know you need me to function okay to a certain point but if you know all your other cells kind of decide to stop functioning um the brain's gonna suffer, okay? So there's no one group of cells in your body that can exist on its own. It, 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 it needs to work together. That's the sign of health. When all of the cells in your body are working, you know, collectively towards a greater good, right? That's health. So when, when you look at humanity, and you look at cultures that are at war with each other, and you look at humanity as a whole and the human race and see what we have done to each other and what we continue to do to each other, you kind of have to look at that and say, this is a sign of disease. This cannot be allowed to continue. Otherwise, we will destroy ourselves and we will destroy this planet. Right? You have the, the rich taking advantage of the poor. You have corporations taking advantage of workers, like you, you look at everything, people are driven by greed, right? And as a result, you're, we're seeing, you know, the consequence um, that's our, our planet, it's sick. You know, this, all of what we're doing and what we're seeing, right? What we're seeing is a consequence of what we've done to each other in the past. At a certain point, you have to kind of wake up and look up and say, this is, humanity is in a state of disease, right and we're not earth you're not your own planet i mean i guess you could argue that your body is but you're not your own planet okay you are on this planet All right we have a responsibility one to get our shit together humanity the human race like and cut the bullshit this whole and i don't care what what group you're from nobody is superior to Anybody else, just like a white blood cell, isn't superior to a red blood cell, right? We all have our functions to perform in order for this planet to be healthy. And right now, if you aren't a part of that, you know, the solution, right, to healing our planet, which has suffered through, if you look through civilization, it's just been continuous, you know, Attacking one another, right? That's a that's a disorder, right? So if you're not part of the, of the solution to say, okay, I let's pretend that you you are a white blood cell, okay? I'm a white blood cell. I'm not going to attack a red blood cell because there's no way I can attack a red blood cell and be okay because by attacking this red blood cell or these group of red blood cells, I'm also damaging the body that I fucking live in, <laughs> right? So if the body dies, right, from disease then me as a white blood cell ceases to exist, right? Same, right? If you have children, if you love children, if you are optimistic about the future, right? You have to understand that that same mentality applies. If we continue to attack each other, one demographic, you know, against each other, one country against each other, Right? Eventually what's going to happen is the same thing that happens if a you know a person uh, it, it has an autoimmune disorder and their white blood cell decides to start attacking the red blood cells, right? Um, the body suffers, right? And then the cells in themselves also suffer, all the consequences of disease that comes with that, okay? Like it or not, we're we're in this together and we really have to stop being so myopic you know and thinking that we can just sort of behave however we want without consequence you can't hurt other people without hurting yourself right i love the cell analogy because it it's so fitting right if i'm a white blood cell and i attack a red blood cell for no reason i i'm hurting myself i'm hurting the body that I'm a part of, and I'm behaving in an unnatural way. That is what disease is. To to it's it's a it's an abnorm, it's an abnormality. So what we have become accustomed to in our reality is that system of constantly attacking one another. But that's not normal, right? That's disease, and somehow we've become comfortable with living in a diseased state, right? somehow we have become comfortable with living in a diseased state. And that's not good, right? <laughs> that's not good. So um, this is something that we collectively need to work on Then, And, and, I don't know what I was watching. I think it was Sense Eight. I'm still, still, I'm watching that and toggling, toggling between Sense Eight and um, Star Trek Voyager. Um, but there was this one character on Sense Eight that was like a, like a Buddhist monk. She had like a giant tree in the back of her head. I'm guessing that was the Tree of Life. Her head was shaved, and she said, "You can't change the world unless you change yourself," or something to that effect. Um, and it. It's like, we've all heard that before, right? Um, be the change you want to see, right? If you want to clean the world, start with your own front front lawn, so to speak. Um, and I, I, I like that sentiment, and I think it should be, you know, really focused on. I can't tell other people not to do X or not to do Y, and I hope that, you know, that's not what this podcast is coming off as, because that's not my intent. I can't tell you what to do. I can only tell you what I'm trying to do, right? I'm in the world, right? I'm a red blood cell, right? Um, And and if I'm looking around and I'm seeing white blood cells attacking red blood cells and red blood cells attacking white blood cells, and I as red blood cell was, have also, has also been participating in attacking other cells i'm part of the problem all right so all i can do is stop you know and set that example and then hopefully if other people see how i'm doing or how i'm living what i'm doing they they can look at that and say okay well that seems to be normative right let's try that. Right? But you got to start with yourself. I think going on social media and attacking people who don't think like you, whether or not it's warranted, um, eventually makes you sick. Right? Once again, it's like the white blood cell, red blood cells. If I'm attacking something that's different for me, we're still the same, but I just perceive it as different only because of a variation in pigment or a variation in ideology or perception. These are little tiny things. Like, what is a thought anyway? What is a belief? You can't grasp a belief, right? It's something in your head. You can't grasp it. It's not tangible, right? So it's one little tiny thing that you can't even grasp that separates me from this person over there. And here I am attacking that person. Okay, I'm in this body. I'm in this cell. I'm in this human, yeah, I'm not human. I mean this I'm on this planet, right? And it's all energy. It's all energy. And energy affects like everybody. So one of the books that I mentioned, um uh I believe it's called psychic literacy. It it talks about that, about how it's all we're all we're all interconnected. Okay? And we're whether you're conscious of it or not, we're all operating in this. It's all energy, right? Like I can look. You ever had that experience where you're staring at somebody, <laughs> right? And then they turn around and look you dead in your soul because <laughs> they felt that they felt they felt your energy. They felt your energy of your concentration, right? So we're all everything is energy, right? Emotions or energy in motion. If you if you're if you walk into a room where people have been angry, you can feel that anger right? If you walk into a situation where everybody's jovial and you're in a bad mood you you'll find yourself happy soon enough, right and it's not once again it's it's not anger isn't something you can touch it's intangible, but it's energy right sadness, happiness these aren't things that you can necessarily touch, but you can feel them right so How are you changing the environment on this planet? What are you doing to affect these sort of energetic waves that are influencing the behaviors of other people? If you're constantly negative, you are creating a negative state in the body that is Earth in the body that is the collective is in the body that affects other humans in the body that affects animals, right? Animals respond to energy, right? You know, animals who like, you know, animals like they can sense when a person is a negative person, they tend to kind of, you know, avoid them. What are they picking up on that? We can like, they do that instinctively and we obviously haven't figured out how to do that yet. Or at least a lot of people haven't. There are some people who, who actually can do that which is why I'm reading a lot of the books that I've been reading because I want to learn about these, you know, people. Um, so what energy are you, are you giving off? Because the energy that you're putting out, right, is what affects the state of this earth. Are, are you contributing to it? Are you contributing to negativity? Right. Well, if that's the case, you, you can't harm other people right? without harming yourself. I can't go and start criticizing other people without putting myself in a state of criticism. And that tends to then get internalized because now I've made myself a critical person. right? In order for me, I've said this in other episodes before, but I'll say it again. In order for me to put out an energy that is negative, I need to first generate it. So it's like a mortal combat, like the energy, right, comes through you first, right? Matter isn't, you know, energy isn't created or destroyed, it's just modified. So the energy is there, right? And then you pull it into yourself and then you transmute it from, let's say, neutral to either positive or negative, but that has to come through you. You're the generator and then it goes out there, it goes out. You know, it goes out as vitriol, it goes out as anger, it goes out as, you know, sadness. But it goes out, but it has to come through you first. So you cannot harm other people without harming yourself and without harming the world. So, a lot of conspiracy theorists, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term, I just mean that's, you know, they they have this word, they call it the Great Reset. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe in what they're saying, but it is what it is. But I think if anything, we're at the beginning of the year, it's the beginning of a new presidency and I'm seeing a lot of positive changes. And I'm just wondering if we can't all use this circumstance, something that we just went through and not to go back to that, right? Don't, you can we can collectively one person at a time can collectively say i'm not going to feed into that negativity i'm not going to feed that negative energy anymore I, I i've done it for we've done it for 5 years you know our, have we have we emerged better from it yes we have learned you know we've learned a lot but the thing is now what do you do with that knowledge you take that knowledge and just continue repeating the same things or do we go okay you know we do have a problem in this country um, of just, you know, attacking others and criticizing others for for just being who they are, right? Being gay, being trans, being a person of color, you know, being a woman. And we've seen the consequences of that hate, right? But transmuting that hate, you know, of other people's negative behavior at them, saying, okay, I hate you because you are a this or a that, isn't gonna... It's still, that energy is still there. You're not mitigating that energy, right? It's not going to change anything. Hating somebody for being hateful. The energy is still being generated. It doesn't matter your reason, because once again, reasoning is also another intangible. It doesn't matter what your reasoning behind you hating a person for being hateful. Right? It just still generates an activity and then it harms you. They are what they are and there are a lot more of us that are going to learn that that's not healthy you know and that's not good and then we will adjust our behavior to become you know like to create the future that exists as a probability now which is a one where we all sit back and we go okay we're all humans and we all have something to bring to the table. So instead of attacking and saying one race is more supreme than the other or one gender is more supreme than the other, let's see what each you know, party brings to the table and let's work together collectively towards healing our planet, towards a greater good, towards a future for our children and our grandchildren, towards a future that you're probably going to reincarnate even if you don't have kids or don't give a shit about your future kids if if everything that has been written on reincarnation and infinite return um is true you're probably going to get sent back here so you might want you want to be mindful of okay what future am i trying to come back am i creating cuz the future that i'm creating now is what i'm going to come i'm going to reincarnate back into not me personally, I'm not coming back here. Um, in fact, I'm doing everything in my power to not come back here. Hence all the crazy reading. Um, but what future are you living for, leaving for other people to come back to? Because think about it, think about the fact and I'll leave you with this think about the fact that you have people who are deeply religious and they believe a lot of things um, as a result of what people 2,000 years ago wrote. Right, like the people who wrote the Bible thousands, of years, thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago are still influencing people's reactions now. Like watching the the behavior of people, you know, on those videos of the insurrection and their, you know, and then seeing how the QAnon supporters they keep pushing back that goalpost, where they're saying, you know, the inauguration was the date that, you know, Trump became president and then even after reality was like, no, that's not what's gonna happen. That's not what happened. Now they've pushed it, now they're saying March is like the date and just it's like one story after another. When I saw all that play out, it made me think about, you know, Christ, the story of Christ, and then he got crucified and then they were like, No, he didn't really die. It's like, okay, but he did. And then they were like, No, he actually uh, came back from the dead, and then, like, <laughs> okay, but he didn't, no, yes, he totally did, and then he he's going to come back, and he's going to destroy the Roman Empire, or whatever, um, and to know that people in that time thought, actually thought that the rapture was going to occur, because that, if you read the Bible, that's what it says, like, people alive who are alive now are going to see Christ coming again in his splendor, and then that when that didn't happen they just moved it to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation so the actions of people 2000 years ago 3000 years ago have rung through history echoed through history to affect people now right now in the present you can't say that there there is no correlation there's no connection they are it's absolutely so then if you if 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 people in the past can can negatively impact people in our present and also in the future we are somebody's past we are living in some generations past right so what we do now will resonate and echo through and is affecting those in the future right now so we need to behave as though what we do now, our actions now matter because they absolutely do. You get, it? We have to start perceiving reality in that way. Not time being a one-way street. It's not. Time is not a linear. Time is not a one-way street. We're all interconnected. One of my friends used a yarn analogy. It's like a rolled-up ball. <laughs> and everything's touching, you know. And everything's influencing everything else. Your future can influence the past. And the past can influence the future. It all matters in what we do right now. Thanks for listening.